That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Trotting towards them were a dozen of the most bizarre creatures Harry had ever seen. They had the bodies, hind legs, and tails of horses, but the front legs, wings, and heads of what seemed to be giant eagles with cruel, steel-colored beaks and large, brilliantly orange eyes. The talons on their front legs were half a foot long and deadly looking. Each of the beasts had a thick leather collar around its neck, which was attached to a long chain, and the ends of all these were held in the vast hands of Hagrid, who came jogging into the paddock behind the creatures. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the restricted section, in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 6, Talons and Tea Leaves, Part 2, Talons. In this chapter, Harry, Ron, and Hermione go to their first Care of Magical Creatures class, instructed by Hagrid, and alongside the Slytherins. Uh, it does not go well. Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, I always do this. I'm always like, always the most will- prepared for your own podcast. <laughs> a joke will come to me in the moment. <laughs> well, it's the moment, Christina. <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to sit my tea to stall. Um, okay. Welcome to your first ever Care of Magical Creatures class. Get ready to die. Just kidding. Welcome to the restricted section. I'm your host, Christina. You're here at the restricted section. Good job. I hope you brought a teacher's note. Andrew, how are you doing today? I am here. Okay, great. Haley, how are you? Uh, I'm fine. Nothing of note happened today. Guys, this is going to come out a week from now and this is going to be old news. (laughs) I know, but still. (laughs) Guys, remember how last Wednesday... (sighs) I'm not even going to... I'm not going to start, Christina. I'm not going to start. Nope. (laughs) Returning for a second time, I'm really excited for our special guest, Tiffany Hawthorne, copywriter and blogger. Tiffany, hello. Hi, again. (laughs) This is actually the highlight of my my day, possibly my week, because, yeah. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. Y'all might remember that Tiffany came on the show to talk about Chapter 13 of Chamber of Secrets, The Very Secret Diary. And now she's back to talk about Talents and Tea Leaves, part two, Talons. Before we get started, I want to read a little bit of Owl Mail. We have Owl Mail? We have Owl Mail. They done found us. We actually have two Owl Mails. Gather around the fire. Let's read both. Okay, gather around the fire. So the first one is from our new friend James, who emailed us. James says, hey there, restricted section. I just started listening and I have some thoughts on your early episodes. For one, with Dumbledore's character, it sort of reminds me of Rose Quartz, Pink Diamond's character arc from the Cartoon Network show, Steven Universe, where we first are shown the character as almost a perfect angel at the end of her life, but over time get more context for that by seeing their jaded past. Mm. Sounds like Dumbledore. That's an interesting comparison. Yeah, I thought so too. 
James says, secondly, I think the Voldemort, in quotes, we see drinking the unicorn blood in Sorcerer's Stone, that's my interjection, is a lot like the Nazgul slash Ringwraiths, where kind of alive, kind of not. And I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting comparison, too, just like, a half-life, a cursed life. You owe no love or friendship. <laughs> <laughs> or clothes aside from black cloaks. Or noses, you've lost that as well. <laughs> you know, no one ever talks about, I wonder if Voldemort had like a really crippling cocaine habit and then mm. came back and that's why he was so ornery the second time is because he couldn't do his cocaine. That's a distinct possibility. He lost it because he knows evil. But um, Boo. Oh, wow. <laughs> Usually it's me with the horrible, horrible jokes. But You're yeah. right. You've been supplanted. Ugh. I know. I, all right. All right. I'm just going to log off. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. <laughs> we don't need you anymore. <laughs> My work here is done. I have successfully lowered the humor content of this podcast. My work is done. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, our second owl mail is from friend of the podcast and future guest, Mats. Hi, Mats. Hi, Mats. Hi, Mats. Love you, bud. Mats is going to come on the podcast for Chapter 9, Part 2, which will be airing at the beginning of February, so look out for that. Mats says, Hello, I'm finally catching up on the show, and I just listened to the Behind the Magical Bastards episode on Gilderoy Lockhart, Order of Merlin, third class, honorary member of the Dark Force Defense League, and five-time winner of Witch Weekly's Most Charming Smile Award. Go on. (laughs) And I have some ideas for characters on whom you can do future episodes. You know, if you're planning on doing more of these. Okay, so then Matt goes on to list every single bastard that has ever existed in the Harry Potter series. It's a very <laughs> comprehensive list. Dolores Umbridge, Bellatrix Lestrange, Fenrir fucking Greyback, and yes, Matt's did include fucking. Antonin Dolohov, Ludo Bagman, not sure if he's bad enough to qualify as a bastard, but he's done some shady shit. Barty Crouch Jr., Barty Crouch Sr., Severus Snape, just kidding, Andrew would probably not allow this. <laughs> Lucius Luscious Malfoy, all of the Hufflepuffs in book two, and Zacharias Smith, Herpo the Fowl, not sure if there's enough canon info for you to make an episode on this guy, but he sure as shit is a bastard. Do y'all remember who that is? I do not. I I don't. I don't remember that name. Well, that's a grand surprise for us to remember when we get to it sometime in the next four books. Matt, you beat both me and Haley. In, 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 in crazy trivia. It sounds, that sounds like something from like a history of magic class. From the play or something. What's mm. the name again? Herpo the Fowl. Doesn't that sound like like it would be the name of a goblin in like a history of the, magic class about the goblin, the goblin wars? wars? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. That could be it. Herpa the Fowl was an ancient Greek dark wizard infamous for being a prisoner in the field of dark arts, becoming the first known wizard to create the basilisk in addition to the first known horcrux. Whoa. Mats, I think I might have to do a further deep dive on this character. Yeah. See, listeners, if you want me to do work, this is the way you do it. You do the real work for me and then let Google (laughs) do the rest. I am glad to do it. I just need to be pointed. So, Yeah. Good lord. Let's hear the rest of this list. I'm excited. My my homework's been done for the next, like, four years. Okay, the rest of the list is really strong. Are you ready? I'm ready. 
The last item on the list is J.K. Roldemort. I was not ready. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. A thousand times yes. Matt says, I know you actually did an episode on her. I just wanted to include her anyway. There are definitely lots more bastards out there, but these are some. Anyway, I hope y'all have a magical new year. Get it? Get it? Because, like, you know, magic. <laughs> <laughs> Since this is a Harry Potter podcast and Harry Potter is all about the drama with some dramatic punctuation. Magic and stuff, you get it? Am I over-explaining here? <laughs> yes, Mats, you are. <laughs> we love you anyway. And then, ah, uh, whatever. Y'all are wonderful, and I'm happy that you exist. I have the honor to be your obedient servant. I have the honor to be your obedient servant. M.Fur. <laughs> Thank you, Mats. Thank we love you. you so much. What a delight. Oh my gosh. That is fa- Oh gosh. Matt, this is a test. Message us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love starting with Owl Mail. It just makes me feel connected to the listeners who aren't actually here as we record, which is sad. I wish we could be doing this in front of a live studio audience. Really? They don't they don't hear all the stuff you edit though. You know that, right? I need you to tell me that you know that, Christine. <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> okay, so as long as you can confirm that you do the editing. If you didn't know that, we would have very big problems. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are still on chapter six because it really is like two different things. It just happens to be the whole first day of school for Harry, Ron, and Hermione. So it got smushed into one chapter, even though I think they're – I mean – I guess putting the whole day in one chapter helps you by the end of it really feel how just exhausted <laughs> Ron, Harry, and Hermione and Hermione are. And I said Hermione twice because she had three 9 a.m. classes. I was going to say, wouldn't you need one more Hermione for that analogy? Yeah, Harry, Ron, Hermione, Hermione, and Hermione. <laughs> God, it sounds like a law firm. Hermione, Hermione, and Hermione. <laughs> Have you been hurt by a horrible force in the magical world? Call us and Hermione, self? Hermione, and Hermione. <laughs> Have your civil liberty, liberties been taken away by a horrible proletariat? Or not? Damn it, lawsuit. Mm -hmm. no, cut that. Cut that. Sound That's gone. That's gone. That's gone. <laughs> Crushed it. Okay, so... In the morning, they went to Divination and Transfiguration, which if you don't remember what that's all about, go listen to last week's episode. And then after lunch, they walked down to Care of Magical Creatures. And Ron and Hermione aren't speaking to each other. The first of many times they aren't speaking to each other in the series and in this book alone. Is it the first time? Not counting before they became friends. Yes, exactly. I don't think they've been full not speaking okay fighting they like have bickered a little bit but they're 13 now they're starting to uh think of each other in weird ways they don't understand it they're getting mad at each other i get it we've all they're been crushing here. they're just crushing everywhere my mind is telling me no <laughs> i <hate you> so much <laughs> So they're like walking across the lawn, which I'm sure takes forever. And they realize that Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle are walking in front of them. And they're, I guess this class is with the Slytherins and that flippin' sucks. Why do we think Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle signed up for this class? Same reason Harry and Ron did. They thought it would be an easy A and they did not realize Hagrid would be teaching it. Yeah. Well, and let's break this down. The, uh... 
the other subjects that we know that are elective courses, you have arithmancy, which is nothing but numbers. There's no way in hell they're signing up for anything with math. You have, yeah. uh, let's see, divination, which there's no way that Draco Malfoy grew up in a home that was open to the idea of divination. It just... Or muggle studies. Muggle studies is the other one, which <laughs> they're like, no, thank you. We'll do that when we're killing them. It's fine. We'll study them then. They're corpses. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, vivisection. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels weird to me that there's not a couple more elective options. And maybe there are that we just don't know about. I feel like there's got to be. There has to be like intramural sports, right? That's got to be pronounced inner 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 mur, 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 wait, wait, I've never, wait, I've never said this word intramural, <laughs> right? It's intramural. I really hope when you're editing this that we both sound exactly the same. And you're like, <laughs> no, no, not intramural, intramural. It's leviosa. Not leviosa. No, but like, I, and, and Haley, you might remember this. I'm pretty sure at some point. Before Pottermore, they talked about there being a gobstone club. Oh, yeah. And so I, I, I guess that's kind of on the same. But, but anyways, it's a club, we, though. But if, if there are other clubs that we don't ever hear, because the only one we ever really address is the dueling club. So if there are other yeah. clubs, it would make sense that there would be other like teams and probably other classes, I, I would assume. I feel like we hear eventually about a couple different clubs, and I'm trying to, like, remember, and I'm like, well, did Harry the and Hermione club. invent all of them? There is a runes class. Oh, runes. Yeah, ancient runes, An- yeah. Ancient runes, yeah. I could see Draco taking ancient runes. Isn't that another form of divination? Don't, I think we- Just don't no. worry about it. Just don't I, worry about it. Wait, I think we learned that from Fauna last week, or which- I think she, I think she did mention, well, she mentioned something about like, there's uh, numerology, which is like numbers based divination. And she might have also mentioned runes. I've definitely heard of runes being used in like real witchcraft. Listeners wouldn't know this, but she held up like a bag. I need to phone a friend. Oh, well. (laughs) Fauna, if you're out there, what's a rune? (laughs) Yeah, they're little, they're little stones with, um, symbols etched into them and you throw them up and they, however they land. Or like bones also in like ancient yeah. mythology. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure that at least my interpretation, I could be wrong here, but my interpretation of runes as far as it comes to Harry Potter, which I have no idea where this comes from. It could just be what I thought, but I would imagine that it would have more to do with like ancient language and interpreting ancient magic. So like uh, mm-hmm. hieroglyphs on the pyramid, or if you go to like an ancient Norse burial ground, you know, Things like protection charms and stuff like that from an ancient language would be runic to the. I don't know. I tried to Google runes and it automatically directed me to RuneScape, so I'm already <laughs> tapping. Out. I'm already tapping out of this search. My brothers played so much RuneScape. <laughs> oh, I lost my place. My notes. Skip back to Matt's. Hi, Matt's. This is a test. Hi, Matt's. <laughs> so Hagrid and Fang are waiting at Hagrid's hut. Which kind of weird, we were like, just send the whole class down to my place. (laughs) (laughs) Come on down, we'll have a great time. Yeah. (laughs) Hagrid leads the class over to a paddock on the edge of the forest, which comes as a great relief to Harry, because he thought they were going into the forest, which, as we know, is full of all of Hagrid's other monsters. (laughs) That's where the fun stuff lies, Harry. (laughs) It's his monster forest of monsters. I, I, I've got to take this time. Do you remember? I, did y'all ever listen to that episode of Plumbing the Death Star that I rep like last year? I think 
I did, but that show is so crazy that I couldn't even like listen to it. Well, on that particular episode, they had a great uh, joke where if Professor X had taken over the body of Dumbledore, the Forbidden Forest would have been nothing but like the biggest danger room that you've ever seen. What's that? A forest full of creatures? Send all the children in there. Let them train. (laughs) (laughs) Let them just fight the giant spiders. It'll be fine. It's like, I don't know, the magical version of Australia. Where it is trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. Giant spiders. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. So Hagrid instructs the class to open their textbooks to page 394. <laughs> no, just like in general, can you literally open these? And the answer is no. No one can open them. Hagrid is genuinely shocked and dismayed to learn that no one figured out how to open the books. And I don't think he even realized how much no one probably tried at all to open the books. Well, Tina and Haley, you both work in publishing. Is it just me or is this a failure of the publisher not to inform the seller of the proper way to handle and open the book? It's a failure of the publisher to publish it in the first fucking place. (laughs) Someone thought it was a good idea. I think we're going to have to... um you know, pass on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would think, right? But no. no, apparently that was a good idea. How do you bind that? There's a market for this, okay? Just picture this. Lumberjack type of guy living in the middle of the woods. He'd love this. This is a book for everybody. <laughs> this is a book for everybody. My audience is the whole world. Everyone will be able to find value in my books. Um, if you're one of our shit. authors and you're listening, we're not talking about you. I didn't I didn't realize that the uh, publishing company that put out my fourth grade social studies textbook also did magical textbooks, but that would have been their explanation too. <laughs> Judging by the way that they explained things for around like Jamestown, yeah, they definitely would have been like, it's a fun Ooh! creative way. whoa nelly oh god where am i okay everyone has bound their books shut with rope belts clips okay i recently started listening to another harry potter podcast called goblet of wine a drunken british harry potter podcast and i highly encourage it if you like what we do but we could be more british to you that's the podcast that you should listen to they sound like us but british yeah they are goblet of wine yeah goblet of wine it's so good. Where are they in the series? They're in order at Order of the Phoenix. Bastards. I have invited them on the podcast. I was listening to their discourse about this section, and one of the hosts, I can't remember which because their voices sound very similar to me, I'm so sorry, is talking about how Harry binding his monster book of mantras with a belt reminded her of bondage. That's when I was like, oh, kindred spirit, just managing to throw sex in there. It's their Haley. (laughs) (laughs) I have a British counterpart somewhere. Here's the thing, though. That person was right. It's kind of kinky. And then she was like, you know how when you put on your pants and you put on a belt and you're just like, oh, wow, I'm wearing a belt Mm. now. Only she said it all British and adorably. You got to go listen to this podcast. (laughs) That's my plug. So you gotta stroke them, right? They stroke again. You gotta stroke them if you want them to open up. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Hagrid, you and your your kinks. No, this is aftercare. <laughs> this is the aftercare. <laughs> See, Fifty Shades, this is what you forgot. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for sure. He, it, it wouldn't have occurred to anyone to stroke a book 
you know, like that is it's actively just trying, trying to, to bite kill you. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially one that's actively trying to kill you. Fan theory here: Hermione opened that book. <laughs> if anyone out. would lovingly stroke a book to try and like tame it, it would be Hermione. She Aww. she sat down. She <sighs> she thought about it. She considered. Well, how would I want to be opened if I were a book? <laughs> ah, stroke the spine, of course. <laughs> Over the summer, like before they. Uh, I mean, I guess it would have been. I. Uh, like the night before they got on the train because they bought their books like that day. But I bet like Hermione had like a whole horse girl narrative that night in the Leaky Cauldron of just like, <laughs> shh, shh, here, boy, here, boy. Do you want a live mouse? Like Aragorn. <laughs> I mean, exactly. <laughs> Forget live mi- mice. I bet she fed it like sonnets. Like here, I've got a few sonnets for you. Open up. <laughs> That's way too romantic. I'm convinced that thing eats rodents. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, here, have some Chuck Tingle. Eat it up. <laughs> I'm uh, my brain goes to weird places. I'm just over here with the sonic screwdriver work on it. But that oh, would interesting. do nothing. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Does it work on question. organic matter? I kind of forget. I don't know. I know it doesn't work on wood. It's been a while since I've seen Doctor Who. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. How would what? Okay, let's get into this. How would you have approached the monster book of mantras? What would you have done? It's very simple. I would have dropped the class. Yeah. <laughs> Looked online to see if there was a digital version. Even though I, am, so I don't like digital books, but that one right there, I would have looked for the digital version. Tiffany, I love that. You're, you have the most practical idea. Muggling. Like, fuck that. I will, I will print it out at home. McGraw-Hill can suck my dick. I'm going to print it out at home, and I'm going to have the non-monster book of monsters, and it's going to be perfect. I'm going to have all my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for Hermione to buy her copy because you know she will and then take it to the photocopier down the street. How in the hell are you going to fucking photocopy a monster? You can just, just press it. smashing it up again. <laughs> Stay. Take it. Take Go it. to sleep. <laughs> Pulling it back one page, slamming it back down. <laughs> <laughs> just suplex it. Do you think that the bookseller, the one who, like, suits up in armor, do we think they, like, wrap the book or, like, put it in a bag or anything? Like, how does the bookseller, like, give you this book? Or or do they just kind of, like, a hot potato it over to you and they're like, sucks to suck. <laughs> Here you go, small child. <laughs> I think it's probably, like, uh, like, deliveries. Like, so if you ever do business-level shipping, there's, like, two different types of deliveries. You have deliveries where... The buyer takes responsibility the moment it leaves the factory, and you have a uh, delivery where the buyer takes responsibility when it shows up at their doorstep. This is definitely a case of the moment that it comes out of that fucking cage, that's your book. It's on you. Yeah. <laughs> you told me to get it. I got it. it. Now you catch it and take it the fuck out of my shop. It's imprinted on you. <laughs> now I'm sitting here wondering... Were the monsters created? Is it a spell? Are they like, did they catch the monsters in the wild and then did some freaky stuff to turn them into a book? Printing oh and binding them must be an absolute fucking logistical nightmare and I can't even imagine, which again, who published this thing? <laughs> Hagrid self-published. <laughs> the company probably has a lot of turnover. Like, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks, I'm out. Yeah. All right, that's enough. Bye. I'll be in New York. <laughs> in a very dark universe, the way that it works is bow truckles. Because bow truckles are basically stick people. You let bow truckles mm. grow to a certain size and then you pulp them the fuck up and you turn them into paper. 
Whoa, whoa. I could see it whoa. working like that. Mm. That's so vicious. Wizards oh, are listen. dark, man. I could see Wizards that. Wizards are dark as This book is not <laughs> vegan. No. It's a, well, if it's any level of sentient, then you have a book that you're, I don't know, cap, it, like in, in caging, like. You're enslaving it for yeah, yeah, yeah. educational purposes. <laughs> That's why I think it's like a gimmicky, like non-sentient book that has been like enchanted with mm. the, the semblance of consciousness without actually being conscious. Well, we do have Exploding Snap. And that is a very, like, that's like the lawn dart of wizardry. Like, we're going to make a game <laughs> so stupidly dangerous. Why would you ever play it? That's the same company that brought you the Monster Book of Monsters. We have a card game that'll blow your hand up, and we have a book that'll eat your face. Which one do you want? Brought to you by the douches of. <laughs> do, do you think that if the Monster Book of Monsters, like, bit you, it would hurt? Do you think you're in, like, danger, or do you think it's just disorienting, all the flapping? Tina, have you ever had a paper cut? Paper, paper cuts hurt, so... Paper cuts hurt. How do you think a paper yeah. bite would feel? <laughs> I don't think it would necessarily be able to draw blood unless you did get a paper cut, as Andrew said, but, like, I don't know, snap a book shut on someone's hand really, really hard. I, I feel like, like that's... that bad. I mean, like, really hard, though. All right, Tina, next movie night, I will snap a book on your hand and you'll tell me how it's not that bad. <laughs> Thanks for volunteering, Tina. I'd rather Haley do it. <laughs> no, 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 oh, no, 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 because it's not going to be that bad. Haley doesn't have quite as much of her body strength as you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a bit different. <laughs> All right, all right. Everyone is opening their books. Malfoy's being rude about Hagrid, and then Harry defends Hagrid. And I'm like, Harry, please stop sticking your neck out for this guy. If I can't be allowed <laughs> to put myself in danger to defend this person who recklessly puts everyone in danger, then I am not a happy boy. Because That's I a pretty good, like, early Daniel Radcliffe acting <laughs> voice. <laughs> What can I say? I felt inspired, Tina. <laughs> Straight up inspired. So Hagrid goes to get the magical creatures. He's being very nervous and a little bit cute, but mostly he's just endangering children. Well, yeah. it, it, it's cute <laughs> until you know what's coming after. Right. Well, and it's it's cute until it's really cute until it turns evil. Because for a while, not evil. Buckbeak's not evil until the it shit goes to hit the fan. I'm not. We're, I don't. Words no good. But I always loved hippogriffs like they're so cool seeming and like they're it's like horse girl but like also fly away it's freedom horse girl it's a horse girl plus an eagle <laughs> it's it's very next level horse girl and i'm proud to be a hippogriff <laughs> flying in the air so free <laughs> but it, i in all seriousness though i do find it really funny because like that bitch goes into great detail to describe how awkward and weird they look. And, like, of all the fucking things in the Wizarding Universe, is the look of a hippogriff really going to throw you off? You fought an 80-foot snake last year. Yeah. But, I mean, that was just a snake on a bigger scale. Like, these are Same just- Same thing with the spiders. Uh, that could turn you to stone and kill you with a look. But, like, this, these are things that just, like, these are- these are parts that should never have been cobbled together. together. <laughs> like the snake is just a big snake. It's a scary big snake. Uh, it can it can deal a lot of damage. Same with the spiders. But like these are biological freaks. 
Well, so are platypuses, but they're still a yeah. Part and of platypuses nature. are like, really off-putting the first time you see them. <laughs> Were you a little obsessed with platypuses when you first learned about them in like second grade? Like that can't be real. Surely the word is platypi. I, I believe that my guild name of the first guild that I ever started in World of Warcraft was the Perturbed Platypi. Hmm. Not a great guild name. Oh, platypuses is the right plural, Aye. which upsets me. <laughs> Pusses. Yeah, I don't, I don't love that. <laughs> Wop wet ass platypuses. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't like that at all. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. okay. <laughs> Hagrid goes to get the the magical creatures. Malfoy's talking shit. He's like, "This place is going to the dogs." I can't believe that guy, that oaf, is teaching classes. My father will have a fit when I tell him. Why does Malfoy always invoke his father? Because he's a daddy's boy. Yeah, or he's a Chad. I don't know. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> I mean, his dad got fired from the Board of Governors at the end of last year, and he still is invoking him, like, with the same... Like, what's he gonna fucking do about it? He has friends in high places, Christina. Uh, Money. (laughs) Just rolled my eyes so hard I got dizzy. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, calm down. Yeah, I think money and privilege and connections when you feel superior to someone but you have nothing to show that you yourself have earned then you have to go off the achievement of others draco has done nothing to earn his own feeling of superiority yes he's rich and yes his family is powerful but he did none of that and so all that he has to rely on is well my dad's gonna beat up your dad (laughs) he's a pathetic little pissant that's all it's not a nice thing to say to harry potter and like Yeah, my dad's going to beat, beat up, up dad. your dad. Well, he's not going to hurt him. I know that much. Your dad will yeah. not hurt my dad. He might tire himself out, but he's not going to hurt him. <laughs> so then we hear Lavender Brown go, ooh, your girl. Every time she comes up, I just want to mention that I love her. If we, if I was at Hogwarts, I would be Lavender Brown. Okay. Love, love. <laughs> I love her. I'm going to keep pointing out every time I love her until we get to the Juan Juan phase. And we all get get a little sick of the Juan Juan phase. (laughs) I will not acknowledge you as Lavender Brown until I hear you talk about your Sean Sean. Oh, my Sean Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I take it back. I don't want that to be a thing. (laughs) We we slept last night in a Tauntaun. I mean, you've never called him Sean Sean, but like you do have a call for him. Okay, Haley, one, two, three, Sean. 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 <laughs> Did it summon him? I didn't actually activate him. <laughs> I was just practicing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Lavender Brown is like, ooh, ooh and it's because Hagrid is bringing around a dozen hippogriffs. Metal. Hippogriffs have the bodies, hind legs and tails of horses, but the front legs, wings, and heads of what appears to be giant eagles. The eagles! The eagles are coming! <laughs> Aww. Why didn't the hobbits just ride hippogriffs into mortal? <laughs> Buckbeak was right there. And it's funny because Buckbeak saves the day in the 11th hour in this book, too. It's like Spoilers, oh, excuse been- <laughs> me. Oh, spoilers, spoilers all, all the, time. the time. I feel like we need to say it all the time so people don't accidentally like hop in and be like, this will be a fun thing to read for the first time. 
This isn't for you. You're going to get spoilered. Unless you've seen all the movies, then that's probably fine. Oh, <laughs> so Hagrid invites the class to come nearer, but no one wants to. And this is one of those scenes, like many others, that I have a hard time separating from the movies, I think, just because the movies do it really well. And it's a very, like, physical scene. So I think that, like, the action of the movie sticks out a little bit. And the tone of the movie, I think, is better, too. It's, like, silly, Mm. and everyone's scared, and Hermione and Ron accidentally hold hands. It's so (gasps) scandalous. And everyone, like, steps back, right? And so, like, it's like Harry volunteered. Whereas whereas in the (laughs) book, he just volunteers. So, I mean, you probably shouldn't do that. (laughs) <laughs> and then in the movie, didn't Ron push him forward? <laughs> he was like, go on. I think a little bit, yeah. 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 <laughs> so it is a little funnier. Harry's just reached a point now, like, in the book where he's like, people keep fucking telling me I'm gonna die. Well, joke's on them. I'm gonna get myself killed. <laughs> <laughs> Take matters into my old hands. My own hands. <laughs> to be honest, I would have been that same kid. At that age, like, if someone had just told me, you're going to die, I'd have been like, fuck you. No, I'm not. I'm going to live forever. If Trelawney had just said, I see your death, I would have been like, okay, yeah, cool. I'm going to do the most dangerous thing I possibly can in the next 24 hours just to prove you wrong. Remember how I tell you every day you're a Gryffindor? I am a passionate Ravenclaw. And when I know that divination he's passionate about believing he's is a speci- specifically bad, bad magic, then yes, I'm going to go against it. <laughs> If I know there is no real threat from their prediction, then why would I not test it? It's okay, Andrew. We trust you. We've, we've heard you talk about politics. It's the same way that I purposefully go against my horoscope every day of my life. And look where I... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should try option A. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I never look up my fucking horoscope. <laughs> I text it to him every day. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't supposed to tell. (laughs) Avoid shellfish. I don't know why, but avoid shellfish. (laughs) Welk, welk, welk. (laughs) That's a a work joke I'm carrying into the podcast. Grace, this is a test. Text me. (laughs) Okay, flipping. What happens? Ron, Harry, and Hermione approach Buckbeak and... Hagrid's like explaining how to do so safely. Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle are not listening. So Hagrid explains that you wait for the hippogriff to make the first move. Um, it's just polite. I love it. I love it so much. I love that hippogriffs are like <laughs> fussy. <laughs> but doesn't that, it, it, like, by his own account, you you don't wait for them to make the first move. You bow. That's the first move. Oh, I guess that's true. I think it's like you ask for consent, kind of like you approach a cat and you put your hand out and it's like they'll either nuzzle up to you or like turn away. That explains all the scratches I have in my hands. My cats? It's a joke. Scratch free. Look, cats love me (laughs) for a very short amount of time and then they tell me to fuck off. That's that's a cat for you. (laughs) Yeah, that is cat life. Harry volunteers to do the bowing thing first because no one else does. Lavender reminds him about his tea leaves. I love her. Just want to make sure it's still on your radar, bud. That you're going to die. You're going to die. (laughs) (laughs) And Harry's like, fuck you. I do what I want. (laughs) Harry goes, don't worry. I have plot armor because my mother loved me. 
my mother loved me. I wish there was more Lavender Harry interaction. I think they'd be funny if left alone in a room together. You know what I mean? Because she's a little ridiculous in a way that I don't think he would know what to do with. I I just want to see the scene where eventually Harry like has to say, Lavender, I need you to just turn it down. You're at like a, a solid nine, and I need you to I be no you higher like a than four. a four. Yeah, that- yeah. <laughs> don't dull her sparkle. Oh my god! <laughs> you're allowed to have your sparkle until it starts intruding onto my day, and then uh, you're not allowed to have that level of sparkle anymore. She's just looking out for a friend. Okay, you're gonna die. I don't <laughs> want to remind you. I don't just, think she. Uh, I don't think she and Harry have ever had that interaction, but she and Hermione have definitely had that interaction. I want to see lavender. Her Hermione friendship. You know they had I want to see the fucking girls dormitory. I want to know what goes on in there. I feel like a 13 year old boy like wanting to know what goes on in the girls bathroom. (laughs) Like tell me! It's a sleepover party every night. Is it though? Yo, I I love Hermione but we all know that she's the type who's like excuse me girls it's 10 o'clock. We're told that we're supposed to go to bed now. Passive aggressive. (laughs) I think that probably most nights they're just roommates but I definitely think every once in a while Because Lavender and Parvati, much like Ron and Harry, sleep in that dorm together. So no matter what other girls are in the room, Lavender and Parvati are talking nonstop. So Hermione Mm. can express interest at any time. (laughs) That's part of the reason Hermione studies so much. Like, that's why she's always down in the common room reading. She just wants to avoid her fucking roommates. Oh, God. (laughs) Also, isn't it weird that we never hear about the presumably two other girls? Yes, that's always driven me crazy. Who is it? Where are you? I even looked it up recently and they were names I'd never heard before in my life. Give me a second. Gryffindor class of (laughs) Gryffindor house list. What class would they have been? 1997 or eight? I don't know. Well, actually, Harry never graduated, did he? No, true. But like they they would still be that class. Yeah. Well, no, because if you graduate late, you're a class of the next year. So if you never graduate, mm-hmm. you're not a class of anything. It's the, the class stands for graduating class, or short okay. for. Whoa, there's a lot of Gryffindors on this list. <laughs> it's like, it's comprehensive. I didn't Google the right thing. Now I'm just scrolling, looking for Lavender Brown. Where are you? Fans of the podcast, I just want you to know that I went to Google and started to type out what year is the battle and Google auto-filled in of Hogwarts. <laughs> that's, that's just... Forget all the rest of that stuff. Yeah, fuck yeah. the Battle, the battle of, of Gettysburg. <laughs> it's the Battle of Hogwarts. <laughs> uh, May 2nd, 1998. So they would have been the class of 98, which okay. I'm assuming means they would have used the same class motto that my class did. My class was 08. We're great. I'm about to say don't hate. 08 Ooh. for college? High school. High school. Okay. Okay, okay I'm going to read you the list of Gryffindors. Gryffindor gals in Harry's year. Okay, we got Lavender Brown, Hermione Granger, Parvati Patil. And then we have, and this is what the official harrypotter.fandom.com, right? It says Faye Dunbar. And the last person is... Faye Dunbar's friend. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So screw you, Faye Dunbar's friend. You, you. She doesn't even warrant a name. <laughs> what have you been doing this whole time? Why were you in Dumbledore's army? I am willing to bet in fucking Half-Blood Prince, there's like one reference to someone named Faye Dunbar, and that's where it comes from. Okay, wait, I'm going to click. Clicking. And then Faye Dunbar's friend. Oh my god, the picture of her <laughs> is so funny. 
funny. Oh my god, I'm definitely putting a link to this in the show notes because it looks like it looks like when someone like robs a convenience store and they're like, "Have you seen this person?" And it's just <laughs> like a smudge <laughs> that's shaped like a <laughs> you know, it This must be this it's, must be from the 2001 PC game of Chamber of Secrets or something because that's the art. That super it pixelated and oh, she's God. in the copstones club <laughs> wait wait what about Faye dunbar's friend where are you wait Faye dunbar's friend gets a photograph from the movie though <laughs> <laughs> hold on early life Faye dunbar was born in late 1979 to early to mid 1980 presumably into a pureblood or half-blood family as she seemed unfamiliar with a muggle hair dryer what? When the, the fuck was a hair dryer in Harry Potter? <laughs> what? So she did the background story, but didn't include her in the actual story? I don't know. Okay. That is so funny. Oh my god. Okay. Faye Dunbar, we miss you. We wish you were here. You deserve it. I, I, I need to know what does she do with the hair dryer? <laughs> uh, stares at it in confusion? Okay, I, I've got answers. I have answers. Did she use it in a weird way? Like Ariel? With Why do fort? we have her test scores? I don't understand. Because her first her first appearance was in fifth year. Late in her first fifth year face at her ordinary wizarding levels. By this time, she had decided she wished to be a member of the Aura Office and be a dark wizard catcher. She achieved exceeds expectations or astounding and outstanding in Transfiguration. Good marks, blah, blah, blah. Six Where the fuck, fuck were you when we did Dumbledore's <laughs> Army? Sixth and seventh years, quote, I think one of the girls in my dormitory has a machine for drying her hair. Faye answering Harry Potter's question. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Okay, so we'll look for her. Which... That could only be Hermione, and Hermione wouldn't bring a hairdryer because hairdryers mm-hmm. wouldn't work in Hogwarts. It might have been Lavender, because I think Lavender might be half-blood, or okay, possibly and, Muggleborn. And Lavender Brown doesn't have that crazy curly hair in the books. She only has it in the movies. I don't think she movie Lavender would dry her hair with a hairdryer. I think that would be a nightmare. But wait, why, how could she have one, though? We know that muggle technology doesn't work but she could have just brought it like that doesn't that seem like a lavender brown move like i'm bringing my hair dryer and i will find a way to make it work and then she never finds a way to make it work but she still brings it every year Haley, it's sixth year actually no you're right a gryffindor would bring it every year like i'm gonna find the way to make it work this year <laughs> guys you don't know anything about lavender maybe she's like rigged something to plug it into she could be good at stuff. I could see I could see her and Parvati having like a beauty station. Yeah, like a, a beauty magical, station. innovative beauty station. Yeah, they do like makeovers low key for all the other girls in school. They helped Hermione get ready for the Yule Ball. <gasps> oh, yeah, that's really cute. cute. I hope they all get dressed together. Oh my god, I'm crying. Oh, okay. Focus, <laughs> focus, focus. <clears throat> uh, why are we talking? Okay, we're at, we're at the ooh. No, no, no. We're later. Later. <laughs> Harry Harry is bowing to Buckbeak. Harry is go. bowing to Buckbeak. Hagrid's like saying a lot of things. Don't blink. Make eye contact. Wait, wait there. You've bowed. Now wait. Buckbeak doesn't bow. So Hagrid instructs Harry to back up calmly, but then Buckbeak bows. Wow, gotcha, bitch. You thought I wasn't going to bow to you, but I I respect you. (laughs) Got him. Horse girl moment. 
did no one else read it as Hagrid not being like, all right, Harry, you should probably back up now. He's definitely sitting there like, okay, now, Harry, go ahead and back up a bit. A bit more. Keep going. Do it quickly, but don't startle the beast. <laughs> Steady now. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Oh, uh, Harry. Going. Keep going. It's not looking good. <laughs> Harry, he's got your number now. Wait, he's got your name now. He, wait, is that what? Is there an expression? Am I doing an expression? <laughs> Uh, He's got your number. That's a thing. Right? I think. I think it's like a. It's like a thing from like detective shit. Like I've <laughs> got his number. I've got his number now. Yeah, I'm yeah. A lot of stuff today. Got his number. Meeting. We're learning so much. <laughs> Somebody else has been confused about this too. Uh, I thoroughly understand you and your motives, which are usually hidden to most other people. I've got your number now. That's not an explanation, though. Yeah, it's like you're on to someone. No, that's uh, that's exposition. Pursuits. It's exposition explaining uh, the turn of phrase that you are about to use. It's excellent writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What is a hanging modifier? Dangling modifier. Dangling. Guys, I was so happy with myself the other day. I remembered accurately what a gerund was. Oh, Ooh. God, it felt so good. Are you sure, though? Because that's one that a lot of people, like, think they know what it means, but they don't quite have a gr- uh, grip Uh It's a it. verb when used as a noun. <laughs> yeah, right. You're not right, laughing good. with me. Good work. Okay, I was yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. A lot of people Got say it. it's a verb ending in ing, which is usually, it is, but it's it's a circle square situation. Wait, it's a square rectangle situation. I'm not good at math. What am I doing right now, Christina? Are you blinking a message to me in Morse code? Blinking. It's a verb that ends in ing that wouldn't be a gerund it yeah was a great, you're right. it was a great example thank no, you you're doing great you're doing great um i wasn't ready for an example <laughs> uh bat, uh, buckbeak loves harry so encouraged by buckbeak's bow hagrid tells harry to pet buckbeak it's hard to say buckbeak so many times but there's three males in this so it's like he 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 who's he that's a dangling pronoun um oh buckbeak likes it i imagine him purring like my cat i don't think cats are anywhere in the mix there i think it's just horse and eagle well birds kind of (laughs) coo like that too i I can see him making like a like a little uh pigeony yeah like a pigeony noise yeah yeah (laughs) yeah crushed it that's exactly what buckbeak sounds like in my head canon y'all are completely off he ninnies like a horse he just looks at you dead in the eyes with his creepy eyes and he's just like I can't do it like an eagle screech but you know what I'm screech (laughs) my son asked me how does a rabbit sound and oh. I was just like, man, what's up, Doc? But I know how they sound <laughs> when they're being killed. Like, I, um, I've heard a fox killing a rabbit, and that oh my is, God. is it's it's terrible. No, it sounds oh like God. someone is straight up being murdered. It's being, it's terrible. It sounds like a whole person is dying. Oh, uh, Tiffany, you're actually very lucky. You see, Christina and Haley might remember, I actually have a fantastic impersonation of a rabbit. Ready? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Oh, the uh, the nose thingy. I can't do Perfect it. Perfect rabbit impression. This <laughs> is an audio. This is an audio art form, Andrew. No one has any idea what the fuck you just did. Uh, listeners, you will notice that what I did was to slightly wiggle my nose in such a way that it mimicked the patterns of a rabbit. Now they know. 
You're like NPR. <laughs> That's the best compliment I've ever got. <laughs> Can you do the um the Samantha? You know what is it? Um, oh man, it's not I Dream of Genius. The other one with the witch that oh Charles. No, no, Bewitched. Bewitched. When I she does a little, I don't know what I'm talking about. The nose wiggle thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wouldn't that be cute if that's how people did magic in Harry Potter? Just a little. Imagine Harry and Voldemort in the fight of their lives, just aggressively wiggling their noses at each other. Wait, Voldemort 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 has no nose. So, so now I want like a 1920s styled wizard with like a press thing sticking out of his hat, saying like, "And now Harry Potter is faring off against Lord." Against he who must not be named. Oh no, they're wiggling quite fiercely at each other. Who knows what will come of this contest? <laughs> Green and red sparks are flying out of their noses towards each other. It is a daring event. <laughs> okay, so Buckbeak likes the pets. So Hagrid is like, Harry, why don't you just fucking ride him then? Quote, this was more than Harry had bargained for, unquote. I feel like that's just the, the definition of Harry's entire friendship with Hagrid is just like, <laughs> I'm I'm going to be a good and supportive friend and then you're going to take it way too far. Yeah. yeah. Harry's friendship with Hagrid can best be summed up in the one sentence, Hagrid, you're supposed to be the adult. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As we'll see later in this chapter. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. And I know um, when, when Hagrid was telling Harry to like, to not blink and Harry, his eyes automatically started watering. Like I have to blink. That, that reminded me so much of every single time I'm driving and a police officer gets behind me. Like I know I'm not doing anything wrong. My tags are good. My insurance is good. I'm, but all of a sudden they get behind me, and I feel like I'm just gonna, you know, swerve or something. As soon as like I, I, yeah, no. Anytime there's a cop behind me, I'm just like, is there a crack in my car oh, though? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what even is the law? <laughs> it's gonna happen. I can't remember. This is a test, and I can't remember. <laughs> But even though it's more than Harry bargained for, he doesn't protest even a little bit. He doesn't do a damn thing. He just gets on the hippogriff. Sometimes you got to get just, you know, get up and get back on that hippogriff. <laughs> People pleasing. Oh, God. Andrew, that sounds like the title of like a wizard country song. <laughs> Like American wizard country music. Yeah. Well, when you're going downtown and you fall in ditch, gotta get back up on that hippogriff. Go for a ride, <laughs> land in the square. No one will even know that you're there. Then it goes into a great rest. The rest of the song's amazing. <laughs> it's it's wizard freebird there's like a five minute guitar solo oh it's fantastic but they also have like a dcma so i can only do that much of it but trust me i've heard the full version it's mm. amazing mm-hmm. it's wizard music wizard music we finally learned what it is oh weird sisters you weren't the best the best was i, I don't know i can't come up with a let's see what's a wizard pun okay wait uh, wait just you wait. Wandy Nelson? Wandy That's Nelson. bad. That's not good. We'll we'll keep that we'll keep that on the back burner. We'll keep we'll workshop it. Guys, we suck. Come on. Don't make everyone <laughs> don't hold everyone hostage while we can't think. Dark Mark Brooks. That's gonna be the best that we're gonna be able to get Dark out right now. Mark Brooks. Okay. That's it. That's the one. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Potions Klein. 
Instead of Patty Klein, Potions Klein. <laughs> I don't okay, know. Okay, they're getting better. No, they're getting better. Okay. All right. Well, okay. We're going on a ride. The Buckbeak flying scene. No, Buckbeak doesn't fly fucking across the grounds and across the lake and have like a victorious, beautiful soul bonding <laughs> moment with Harry. That doesn't happen. They take a very awkward little loop around <laughs> the paddock as if it was a pony at a county fair. Yeah, Harry's basically the first kid in driver's ed to do the course at this point. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They definitely made it seem more exciting in the movie. But then you read the book again, and you're like, well, no, that was really awkward, and he hated it the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> There's the, that music in the movie that's so dramatic with, like, the the big timpani drums. It's like, bum, 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 bum. And then it's like, da, 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 da. As you're going through the, oh, maybe I'll put a clip there instead of my own voice. <laughs> maybe not. No, superimpose it, superimpose it, so everyone can see how close you got. <laughs> or not. I don't feel like it was close, yeah. But it's definitely like, bah! Uh, And then, yeah, it's just awkward. It's not good. And then it's kind of like, I don't know, whenever I go skiing, I'm like, this just isn't what, this isn't. So what we're supposed to be doing as a human i don't belong here i do love how this like works the logistics of literally riding a hippogriff because like it does sound terrifying mm-hmm. yeah. it sounds like fundamentally like super awkward you cannot get a saddle on them because they're covered in feathers yes. so yeah. you're you just can't like get a grip. yeah you can't get a grip because you don't want to pull their feathers out because then they will maul you in mid-air like a hawk so yeah. you just kind of <laughs> have to hang on but it does add to a lot of like as much as it kind of robs you of that drama that you get in the movie it does add to the drama later on when they have to ride buckbeak uh yes. for saving serious purposes and it's like mm. oh no this is not going to go well this is Go, this, this is actually extremely dangerous. Mm. Well, and so he has to hold on to Buckbeak's neck to stay in place. But if if it's a horse-sized creature, he can't put his arms all the way around that neck. Like, he, like it said, his the wings were t- each wing was twelve feet long. That's insane. That's a really fucking big animal. Yeah, and I'm like I'm I, I my mind it just goes into so many weird places. Like when you comparing the fun, exciting version of the the first ride on the movie versus like this really terrible version in the book. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> not that I have any experience with this. Wait, you don't? But you know like when you're doing the horizontal polka and like this the, the guy <laughs> thinks it was just fantastic and the girl's just like no. It, it, it wasn't. It was actually crazy. <laughs> That's actually amazing. So the book, the book is Harry's perspective on how that flight went, and the movie is Buck's Beak's perspective on how that <laughs> flight went. It was great for him, which is as good for you as it was for me. <laughs> Wait, I love that so much. Harry's just sitting there smoking a cigarette, like my God, that was amazing. I can't we believe I just did this. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, I feel like a new man, and Buck Beak's just lying there. Andrew's being very funny right now but it's non-verbal so no one can tell no one can see your faces dude (laughs) his only funny jokes are the silent ones (laughs) dang Got him. Man. Man, that might be our biggest roast of anyone on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, how do you feel? That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> Are you even friends if you don't roast each other? I mean, I, Tina, there's no way for people to know this, but you have been thoroughly roasting my sense of humor 
for the better part of God, six years now, seven years. Well, something like here's that. the thing, Andrew: is you're at the bottom of the joke food chain, but I'm <laughs> one step up from you only. So <laughs> this is a fucking order. <laughs> she has you know, to do it. If you're all the way at the bottom and you inverse it, you're at the top. <laughs> so just We're the saying, best worst jokesters. From my perspective, I'm Australia, and I'm looking down at you. So it's okay. <laughs> I don't get my feelings hurt. So emboldened by Harry's success quote, the rest of the class like does the thing that, that Harry just did. The, the and, thing? That yeah, thing? did the thing. Malfoy and the gang take over Buckbeak and Malfoy immediately insults Buckbeak, calling him an ugly great brute. Which as we learned, because we were paying attention during class, that's rude. And you got to be polite to a hippogriff. Doesn't that imply a level of sentience that makes owning hippogriffs, like, not okay? Slavery. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily sentience. I think that maybe they have some kind of, like, a sense inside of them if someone, like, of what someone's intentions are. Don't forget they are magical. I think they're smart the way cats are smart, but also have their own rules the way that cats have their own rules. Hmm. Mm. And also dumb the way cats are dumb. Mm -hmm. yep like i wonder if you know how with dogs you can be like you're such a good boy and they go crazy wagging their tails and you could tell them you're such a bad boy you know in the same tone and they still do the same thing because oh a little piece of shit i love you so much (laughs) yeah i wonder if it's like yeah so maybe malfoy was monologuing a little bit he was like like, you great great ugly brute and (laughs) buffy said i don't like your tone (laughs) don't take that tone with me (laughs) bitch so Buckbeak attacks there's no other way to say it he definitely just attacks Malfoy (sighs) it's so annoying because you can't blame Buckbeak can't blame Hagrid he's like it's really easy to not get attacked by a hippogriff and well you can definitely blame Malfoy that's who we're blaming here Tina since you're the host and friend that I know and love I know you're going to look up the fish song they attack and get that little that little little sample that Paige always throws in that's the voice going, they attack from the 1968 Halloween uh, spooks and sounds of Halloween, I think is what it's called. Disney record that they sampled in the 2018 Halloween show. Yeah, I know you're going to do it. Andrew, that was so much, but that's my <laughs> gift for you here. <laughs> This is the happiest I've ever seen him look, and it's not even playing. (laughs) Malfoy is on the ground, and he's screaming that he's dying. (laughs) (laughs) What a pussy. I like that in the movies, because he's, like, really pathetic. Like, he, Tom Felton is like, oh, oh, I'm dying. And it's just like, hey, you shut the fuck up. It's killed me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm a little bitch. Help. Help. (laughs) It's pretty funny but in the book you can't you can't really get his tone the same way and i mean harry's alarmed when he sees the wound like oh shit that's deep yeah there's a <laughs> long deep guy like there's blood for sure yeah. and hagrid is really not he doesn't he's not good under pressure he's like you're not dying don't even worry about it like don't tell mom <laughs> <laughs> hit me back and then he says, someone come help me to his, like, first class ever. I just, like, Hagrid. 
which listeners, as I'm sure you all know, if you're ever in an emergency situation and you need someone to do a specific task, you point at them and say in a stern voice, you go do this task. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As we all learned in first aid. And so therefore, Hagrid, you're fucking up, buddy. Yeah, you just definitely. say, someone go get help. No one's going to move. He's just lucky that Hermione is in that class because Hermione then, like, he just needs someone to hold the gate. And Hermione's like, gotcha. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Everyone else is like, what do we do? I don't know. And Hermione. I love her. She's just so practical. Women just, girlfriends just, like, always know what you need. He really doesn't need help. He just, like, runs off with Malfoy dripping blood and... Uh, the class is like, I guess class is over. Okay. Dismissed. They got out early from divination because Professor Trelawney was spent. They got out early from care of magical creatures because Malfoy got mauled. I'm sure they didn't get out of Transfiguration early, though, because McGonagall would never. Can you say hell to the no? The day before Christmas break, she lets them out five minutes before Bell. And it's noteworthy. (laughs) it's a huge deal enjoyed it five minutes you guys but she assigns extra homework over the break the class is walking back up to the castle the Slytherins and the Gryffindors are fighting about whose fault was it was it Malfoy's fault was it Buckley's fault was it Hagrid's fault Harry, Ron, and Hermione try to like go about their business they try I don't know they're worried about Hagrid and like by extension they're worried about Malfoy and they don't they don't know how to process that depth of emotion (laughs) Yeah. Hagrid and Malfoy don't show up at dinner, so they get even more worried. Ron remarks, you can't say it wasn't an interesting day back. That's my bud. Wait, I have to expel the cat. Just give me a second. Hey, buddy, you need to go away now. (laughs) I cast you out! (laughs) Expel your arm puss. (laughs) (laughs) Platypuses. (laughs) <laughs> it works on cats and platypuses that's it <laughs> after dinner they're in the Gryffindor common room and they see Hagrid's hut light is on down on the grounds how fucking lucky that the Gryffindor common room window looks, looks out directly at Hagrid's hut have we talked about Hagrid's hut before and the fact that it's kind of fucked up that everyone else is allowed to live in the castle but the, the castle, guy that does does. all the work around the grounds has to live in a hut or did he choose to live in a hut? Does anyone ever choose to live in a hut? Hagrid would. Hagrid just has ridiculous proportions, so, like, he might have built the hut himself. Like, you know what? I just need something that is accessible to me. And honestly, when he first started working at Hogwarts, it probably was Dumbledore's idea, and probably Hagrid got a lot of shit about it, because he had just been expelled from school for a crime that people thought he got away with, you know? A murder. Christina, I, I hate to be that guy. It would have been Headmaster Dippet that would have invited him back, though. You think that Dumbledore wasn't doing that, though? I think Dumbledore was the Transfiguration Professor and the Deputy Headmaster. And, well, and Dippet was old as fuck. I, I genuinely think that Dumbledore had a hand in it. I think he definitely helped. Dippet might have, like, retired after that year, like... If a kid fucking dies on your I'm watch, just, I'm done. He was like old as shit. I'm just go- yeah. I'm just going to just quietly recede into like what's the British equivalent of Florida, the Isle of Man. I've got yeah. I've got a great uncle like evading taxes there. It seems like that that seems like the equivalent <laughs> yeah. of Florida. So 
<laughs> Dumbledore goes to dip it and is like, listen, I need to talk to you about keeping Hagrid on as like groundskeeper because XYZ and Tippett's like, you know what, bud? You can just be the fucking headmaster for all I care about. <laughs> well, and let's say that Hagrid was the person to build it. Why wouldn't you build something that could be called a cottage? I think that it probably, I think he probably calls it a cottage. Mm-hmm. I think he does, isn't like, I live in a fucking hovel. <laughs> they make it really nice in the movies. It's like a one-room apartment. It's like snuggly. Yeah. He's got an armchair by the fire and he's got a nice little bed in the corner. Like, it's not bad. It's like 30 square feet. Yeah, but it's his 30 square feet. <laughs> it looks like 30 square feet because you always see fucking Hagrid in it. Yeah. Hagrid's huge. I maintain that we just, we don't know if Hagrid's unhappy in this place. And I think he seems happy because he's alone. He can get drunk. Whenever he wants to. He can go into the forest and he can just like be crazy with his dog. He can raise a dragon. Well, kind of. Mm -hmm. Surely you're not going to tell me that Hagrid would get drunk. (laughs) So where are we in the chapter? Yeah, thanks for bringing me to our next chapter point. Um, Okay, so they go down to visit Hagrid, despite Hermione's misgivings, right? Because Harry is gonna get murdered. Um, Hagrid is visibly drunk. Wait, 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 Christina, Christina, Christina. Insert the clip from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine of Holt uh, describing how he is drunk that ends with, in summary, ya boy turned. My equilibrium is askew, my vision is partially impaired, and I'm clearly slurring my words. To put a fine point on it, your boy's turned. Yeah, Hagrid's visibly drunk. Hagrid is, like, muttering. He's like, oh, I fucking, I only lasted one day as a teacher. I expect it's a record. I'm so drunk. He's drinking of a pewter tankard. Pewter has lead in it. Oh, but pewter has also been used for beer steins for a very long time. Yeah, and it had lead in it that whole time. Listen, I'm not <laughs> saying it was okay, but it is accurate. Maybe he's stronger. Like, I know wizards are, you know, stuck in the 1800s, but like, you've got access to ceramic, bone, <laughs> anything, glass, anything else. Maybe they have a spell to get rid of lead poisoning. Hmm. On the one hand, that seems really stupid and impractical, but on the other hand, wizards are really stupid and impractical. So maybe they have a spell to get rid of blood poisoning. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Maybe you're right. I can see the point. <laughs> hmm. Hey. You can have pu- you can have lead-free pewter. They have, like, modern pewter that you can have without lead. I was going to say, according to gloverandsmith.co.uk. So it's British as well. Okay, there's... Too much chemistry stuff to read there. So, um, yeah. So they're just kind of talking about the day. Hagrid hasn't been formally fired yet. He is being dramatic. Can, can we all agree that it's really not okay for three 13-year-olds to be in a drunk adult's house? At like, night. At night when no one knows they're there? I think it just really depends if you view Hagrid as more of a parent. I think a lot of what Hagrid's choices it's like are you viewing them where he's a parental figure or are you viewing them where he's a teacher (laughs) I mean I I still love Hagrid but like let's say Hagrid as some of us do when we get drunk trips he's crushing Mm. those kids yeah I just think that like finding your parental figure who has had a really bad day who's shit-faced drunk and just kind of talking about it that's not very weird but having the same encounter with a teacher is is not okay. I would say that Hagrid, like, 
I wouldn't even look at him necessarily as a parental figure in this instance. He's more like a weird uncle. Weird uncle. Mm. Well, weird uncles are always drunk. Yes, exactly. Mine drinks Red Stripe exclusively. Because <laughs> <laughs> it gives him personality if it's Red Stripe. <laughs> Yeah, don't forget that at the end of the chapter, Hagrid is really surprised to realize that the kids have come down to see him. So he probably was like, I'm safe and alone for the night. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that this is like that. This is their bad, not his bad. Yeah. M- most things are his bad. They definitely like as they're going out, like Hermione was definitely telling Harry, like, I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to go out. And Harry was like, what? We're just going across the grounds. It's fine. It's quite early. Yeah. And like on their way across the grounds, they're like, hmm. It is getting dark. Maybe we shouldn't. Mm. Maybe we shouldn't be. Do- but we're going to anyway. Fuck we're it. Gryffindors yeah, we're Gryffindors. We're halfway there. Mm. Yeah. I almost hate to say it. Is there an alternate dimension where Harry is an anti-masker? I'm oh just. God. I'm just going to the grocery store. I don't need a mask. How dare no, you? No. No. The no. The threat no. isn't real. I'm not He's going to get hurt. He's a good boy. He's a good, considerate boy. He's very considerate. He's, he'll do anything to protect others. Except his friends. He endangers them all the goddamn time. He tries to get them to stop, and then they just, like, do it more. Yeah. Malfoy's still in the hospital wing. He's moaning and groaning. Harry thinks he's faking it. Do we think he's faking it? Yes. Yeah. Like, 100% faking yes. it. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> Madame Pomfrey can fix anything. Probably in the beginning, he was genuinely hurt. I mean, yep. yeah, in the beginning, he was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Not dying, but hurt. Right. But that reminds me, I'm dramatic, but I, I was playing um, hide and go seek with my siblings one day when I was like 12 and I decided to hide underneath the bed and I got cut by something sharp and it was so sharp that I didn't even feel myself get cut. And oh so God. I came back out and one of my brothers noticed that I was bleeding. So they're like, Tiffany, there's blood like oozing down your leg. And so I looked down and I see the cut and it's pretty, you know, pretty long and kind of deep. And then I just start going into hysterics, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm going to get gangrene. They're going to cut off my leg and I'm going to die. And- <laughs> <laughs> you sound just like Malfoy. <laughs> and my family, they st- I'm 35 years old. So that was a really long time ago, but my family still brings that up in front of strangers <laughs> and my friends. <laughs> like, remember that time, for. Tiffany? <laughs> yeah. So the trio promises to back up Hagrid as witnesses to what happened. Um, He's so touched. He hugs them really tight, maybe a little too tight, maybe a stranglehold. Hermione cuts him off of drinking. She takes his lead-contaminated tankard outside, (laughs) pours out its contents. Hagrid follows her outside, and we hear a big splash, and Hermione comes back in and tells us that he's dunked his head in the water barrel, which is funny to me. He probably was like, I am too drunk to have kids in my house right now. I need to figure this out instantly. (laughs) Listeners, if you're wondering if you've hit rock bottom, has a 13-year-old told you to cut back on your drinking? You're cut off. You're cut off. Yeah, if you get cut off by a (laughs) 13-year-old, you might want to think about changing your life a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. So Haggard comes back in. He's sober now. He suddenly realizes the kids aren't supposed to be wandering around after dark, and he starts shouting at them and takes them back up to the school. Like, picks them up and takes them back to the school. (laughs) (laughs) They're safe if I am carrying them. Yeah. (laughs) It's like Treebeard and the orcs. Yeah, no, that's that's Haggard logic. No, I said orcs. They're definitely hobbits. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like orc mischief to me. (laughs) Uh, That's the end of the chapter. Holy shit. 
first day of school, that was a long one. It took us two weeks to get through it. <laughs> Did Is there anything that we, like, failed to mention or anything from maybe the first half of this chapter that y'all weren't on that episode. Haley, were you? you Oh yeah. You did want me to um, mention uh, the fan theory that uh, all of the people that Trelawney predicts are going to die at the beginning of every year are people who end up dying in the second wizarding war. Mm. Mm -hmm. Which including Harry. Yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) All spoilers all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty good theory. She just has this list and she's like haunted by these people. And she's like, why? What happens to you? I don't know. There are like two things throughout this book that like on this reread, I really want to pay attention to. And that's moments where Hermione could have run off and used the time turner. Because that's actually something from the movie that I really enjoy is that you keep having her like pop up in different places. And Ron is like, where the fuck did you come from? You weren't here a second ago. And she's like, yes, I was. And like that, I don't remember that happening at least as much in the books, but I was definitely keeping an eye out for it this chapter, and I don't know when the fuck she went to Arithmancy, because she was with them the whole time. I think it means she's slick. I think she was just, like, kind of walking behind them. She probably just, like, asks to go to the bathroom, like, right before class, and then does it in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, But, like... I don't know if if I was editing this, I would have I would have been like maybe have like a moment here where like Hermione is out of sight and like later on, pe- like really clever people can pick up on it. But yeah. I really want to pay attention to that and Trelawney's like minor predictions. Yes, like I want to see if everyone actually comes down with the flu later on in winter. I do. I want to read this book with the assumption that Trelawney is in fact psychic. And is, like, successfully doing things and is just in, like, a very weird situation and really, uh, like, self-conscious. I, I will be interested to see how your discovery goes because while, yes, she does clearly have events that she has done that are prophecy, they're also way different than any event that we see her do off the cuff. And when Umbridge is there, the only time that it fucking matters that she gets something right, she fails. She has performance anxiety. Trelawney. No, no. Trelawney is, she's a grifter. She's a grifter. I don't, I don't agree. We theorized in last week's episode that she, her field is just not respected and she has terrible performance anxiety and imposter syndrome. And I really want to approach it with that assumption because the past 30 times I've read this book, I've approached it assuming that she's a grifter and I want to give her the benefit of the doubt just this once and see if we can read it a little differently. I congratulate you on your effort, but I think it's, it's futile. I think she believes in herself. At the very least, I fully, I don't think that she is like trying to fool anybody. I think that she fully believes that she has psychic powers. And I think that like unbeknownst to her, she actually does. Mm. Let's move on to plugs. Haley, will you go first? Sure. If you have young kids in your life, ever since I started working in publishing, I work on a lot of kids books. Um, my mom has been buying me like nice editions of my favorite books from when I was a kid. Um, and over Christmas, she gave me one of my absolute favorites, which is uh, The Old Man Who Loved Cheese by Garrison Keillor. Uh, it is absolutely delightful. It's one of the most like readable, like in terms of like reading out loud, it's one of the most readable things in the world. Like I've, I've just been reading it out loud to myself just because I like the verse. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. So that's that's my plug. The old man who loved cheese. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> What about your Twitter? Oh, if you must, you can follow me on Twitter at the Ritwit. Andrew? 
Uh, I'm going to plug Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. This is one of the first podcasts that I got into when I started getting into podcasts, and it's fantastic. It's uh, two hosts who literally started back in this golden age of comics when X-Men first started. I think actually it would have been Silver Age, but uh, they started at like literally issue number one and they do it in batches every week. It's absolutely fantastic. Jay from Jay and Miles actually just recently published his first Marvel comic, and it's a it's actually a story of Cyclops, who's his favorite character. So it's really fucking cool. I highly suggest that you uh, check out the podcast. Nice. Tiffany, what do you have to plug? Same thing. My, my website. I mean, I'm a copywriter and I write words <laughs> to help people sell stuff. And I do a better <laughs> job of it than I'm doing right now. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very relatable. I word quite goodly on my own. So I mentioned to you guys that I'm um, Dungeons and I'm into Dungeons and Dragons, and I had a really cool experience with. Um, I guess she's a professional dungeon master, and she runs games for for families. But I don't have her information right in front of me. Well, I'm sure if you get it to Christina, she can uh, put it in the notes. That's in the show notes. Awesome. Do you want to plug your personal socials or? For my my woo-woo stuff on Instagram, I'm at all aboard the woo-woo train. <laughs> and for my business and other stuff, it's single mommy warrior. Awesome. I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Christina Khan. And this week I'm going to plug, it's not a fun one. I'm plugging Sober January. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my best friend Emily and I are doing Sober January because we like to drink a lot. <laughs> and it's good once a year to remind yourself that you don't have to. In this economy, no. In this day and age, <laughs> yes, I'm doing it. Am I smoking more weed? Yes. <laughs> but am I drinking less? Yes. Um, I'm not plugging this very good. It doesn't feel great. But it, <laughs> It's just good to keep track of yourself and just do what you need to do to feel like you're in control. Oh, my God. I'm really botching this plug. Holy shit. All right. Wait. If you actually want an actual plug, I'm going to remind you guys that earlier in this episode, I plugged Goblet of Wine, a Harry, a drunken British Harry Potter podcast, which is an absolute delight. They curse. They make sex jokes. Have you guys ever thought if the trolley witch on the Hogwarts Express goes up to the conductor and gives him roadhead? Because Goblet of Wine has wondered that. It wouldn't be Roadhead, it would be Trackhead. <laughs> trackhead. Mm. Yeah, you're such a trackhead. <laughs> and then one of them didn't know what Roadhead was, and it was making me laugh a lot. So I recommend that very podcast if you want the exact same content we're providing, but different accent. and in a that's, British that's accent. The, the key selling point. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us again. It was really fun. Thanks for y'all having me. I, I love this. This is so dramatic. I feel like this, like, really, this scene in particular really sets the tone for Prisoner of Azkaban. It's like, should be fun, a little weird, a little scary, and then it turns into a shit show, a giant shit show. We've got a hospital in the first, like, eight chapters. Come on now. Yeah. Classic. That's a Harry Potter classic. <laughs> well, until next time, get out of the paddock. The hippogriffs are attacking. Oh, oh get no. out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, bye. Quickly. I have to get him to the hospital wing. <laughs> Someone help. I have the gate.
Restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. Theme music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Be sure to like our Facebook page, The Restricted Section Podcast, join our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew, follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, and on Twitter at Restricted Pod. If you want to join our Discord server, shoot a message to one of our socials and I'll get you connected. You can also email us at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com with thoughts, feelings, complaints, or even lavish praise. Until next time, potheads. I think I've never laughed harder in my life than when I'm playing D&D, especially with Sean, my husband. He's just really a wild card. And sometimes you land the finishing blow on a dragon you've been fighting for an hour by throwing a hairbrush at them. Like sometimes it just be that way. One of the other players tried to um, seduce the dragon. Ooh, that's what Donkey did in Shrek. Yeah, I was like, is this going to be a Donkey situation here?